Welcome to another episode of So You Think That Was Good, Do You? A podcast where we take a look back at the films from your childhood and question the absurdity of the universes. My name is Evan, and unrelentingly I'm joined by the two usual boys, Sam and Carl. Confirm your existence for me, boys. The usual boys. I'd just like to point out that Sam is not one of the usual boys who missed an episode. He did, yeah. Oh, sorry. You're, you're I'm, from from now, I'm a guest. guest star. Guest I'm a guest, unless Sam. I've done like ten in a row. On and off again, boy. Okay. <laughs> Honoured to be here today. Thanks so much for having me on. No problem, mate. We'll have a vote to see whether or not to reinstate you soon. <laughs> well, we watched The Rocketeer this week, boys, upon Carl's request, and I just want to get up front. Thank you so much, Carl. Cheers for doing this, mm. buddy. Now this was this was Sam's choice, wasn't it? Sam? <laughs> <laughs> don't know you're talking about. I'm a guest. I don't even know how this works. You can't choose a movie. <laughs> yeah. All right, should we get things rolling with a plot or not? Mm. Yes. Yes. I speak, you speak. <laughs> <laughs> Cliff Secord. Bill Campbell, is a cocky stunt pilot in love with beautiful actress Jenny Blake, Jennifer Connelly. When he discovers a jetpack hidden in a biplane, Cliff straps onto the rocket, dons a flashy helmet, and becomes the high-flying hero known as the Rocketeer. But when the Nazis want to use the rocket as a weapon, Cliff must use his alter ego to both protect Jenny from an evil actor, Timothy Dalton, and save the day in this period adventure based on the comic books by Dave Stevens. I have, reading this for the first time, I did not know wow. this was based on a comic book. I can't believe this was released no. and then remade as something else. That's crazy. <laughs> I, look, I, um, that was great. Thanks for, thanks for that, Ev. No worries. And I'll see you next week <laughs> for the next episode of So You Think. <laughs> we don't need to, no, we, we, no, we, we can think. there, can't we? <laughs> Alter ego is a stretch, right? I mean. Yes. This all seems to take part on the same day. Yeah. I'll take place oh, yeah, on the sure. same day. <laughs> he he dons the helmet once. You can hardly call it your alter ego. I've spent more time as a character for Halloween than he does as the Rocketeer. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is set in 1938 Los Angeles, California. Something that's said right at the beginning of the movie, and I don't know why I was told that, but it becomes abundantly clear why we must know that, because this movie is unrelentingly 1938, and do we get a lot of pointers to it being based in California? So strap in, everyone, because those <laughs> things are important. You thought Friday at 7 in the restaurant was important? No, no, no. Los Angeles, <laughs> 1938. This is where the real fucking facts are. This is pivotal. Even though I've never seen this movie before, uh, which I think, Carl, only you have, right? You've not seen this either, Sam. Yeah, I hadn't seen this up until, you know, a couple of days ago. You're going to keep so, putting this on me, on you? But, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Bill Campbell. Hey, I haven't given my opinion yet. <laughs> <laughs> have either of you ever seen Bill Campbell in anything else? Not that I know of. I glanced some trivia that he's, his brother's famous. But... Is it Bruce Campbell? Is his brother Bruce? Of course, Bruce Campbell. Right. Yes, okay. I saw some trivia that Bruce Campbell is his brother. Right, so, so Evil Dead. Was that Evil Dead? Uh, he's in all of Sam yeah. Raimi's movies. Uh, I'm sure other people will know so, that he's been in other stuff, but that's what I know him from. Uh, Evil Dead. That's the most movies. interesting thing I can say about yeah. him. <laughs> I just felt like Bill Campbell wasn't the right guy for this movie, even at the time. I, I don't know if they just didn't have the star power. I don't know if Arnold Schwarzenegger was going to get the. <laughs> The role at some point. <laughs> but thinking about the period this is set in... Oh, fuck, that would have been so good. <laughs> <laughs> we say it every time, but God, that would have been good. There's a German spy among us. Who could it be? <laughs> <laughs> I, I just feel like either Brendan Fraser or Nathan Fillion, both of those would have done this role. This would have been a way yeah. better movie if either of those would have been in it. A very. I don't know if Nathan movie. Fillion was... Pretty big at this point. Yeah, I'm not well, sure either of those two. I don't know if he were. was about. This guy was really. Uh, 1991. Well, I mean, I can't think oh, this is further back than say George of the Jungle or something for Brendan Fraser. For Brendan Fraser. Or Firefly for Nathan Fillion. So a good yeah, decade. I'd... Sure, you're right. And Bill Campbell's well. been in so much since this film. <laughs> <laughs> He's I mean, blown up. Had 
Brendan Fraser been in this movie, we might not have had him in The Mummy, so... Okay, yes, I don't want to take that risk. That's true. Maybe this was a career killer. Uh, Oh, no, I just meant because this was meant to be a trilogy, and obviously it would have got all three films. Really? I wonder why it wasn't. Where the fuck would it have gone? We'll get into that. (laughs) And just to add on to what I was saying there, if this movie had been filmed now, I think either Ryan Reynolds or Chris Pine would have done also a really good job in this role. If they were going for either one of those directions, just a full comedy movie or just a lovable, handsome man with Chris Pine. Just anyone but mm. Bill Campbell, I feel. I just didn't get it. I did not get it. I don't want a dog on him. Because I'm. what films have I been in? Fucking nothing, have I? And he's done this one, at least, from what I know. But I just... I'll be honest. I, never I think that's a point in your favour. <laughs> I just never touched that with him. I didn't get it. Look, he's, he's a good-looking guy. But oh, for sure. that's about where my commentary on it ends. That's man. all he really brought. I see why Jennifer Connelly was into him. Yeah, sure. I think that my dislike for him came from the fact that he just sticks gum everywhere <laughs> all the time. And I mean, it's just yeah, not endearing I, yeah. nowadays, is it? Just sticks it on his planes, he shows up to pick her up for a date and just sticks it on the window. Yeah. The um I mean I had this down. I was gonna get into this, but yeah, since you mentioned it, I hated that. That was meant to be like a little quirky thing about him that Oh, it's just my thing. I just stick gum on stuff. Lucky. Like, no, it's not your thing. Fuck you. Stop doing that. <laughs> Everyone around you is annoyed by it for good reason. He was the kid who stuck Stop gum it. under the desks at school. Oh, and then you, oh, yeah. you yeah, ended up getting some on your knee it. one day. Yeah. yeah. Nah, he was the kid that pulled the, the chewing gum off and put it back in his oh, mouth. God. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all knew that guy. Definitely wasn't me. Oh, filthy bastard. <laughs> You know what else I hate? Opening credits that don't end until four minutes and 32 seconds into the movie. <laughs> what is it with this era of films where I'm watching people's names pop up for that long into the movie? So, shall we kick right into the movie, which is just we may as well. very off-putting, and we mentioned this just before we recorded. We get full-on headshots of Cliff Secord. Secord? Yeah, something like that. I don't know if we hear his surname and... The- Film. He is a stunt pilot, as we spoke about before, and he's he's training for the the national derby or some bullshit, some MacGuffin to get us invested in the plot. Yeah, and he's training for the big thing. Yes, the big thing, of course, that we should all care about. And mm. there's just a bunch of really close angle shots to the plane because that's the only place they could put the camera. I get it; he's probably actually flying that plane, but they're so off putting because that cockpit <laughs> and his head looks so massive compared to the rest of the plane that he looks like some weird alien driving one of those little tiny round UFOs flying around space. It looks so cramped, though. It looks so uncomfortable. Horrid. I mean, the, the, the only thing I got down for this is as soon as I saw the plane and he got into it, I was like, this is the kind of plane that Snoopy would fly. <laughs> Why does it look so weird? <laughs> it looks like a fake toy plane. Yes, you're right. <laughs> All I wrote was just... Because the Nationals get mentioned a bunch in this film. So I was like, well, that's going to matter. We're going to be at the Nationals at some point. And then they never matter. No, we never go to no. the Nationals. We never get to the Nationals. <laughs> but and I just the only time we see this great stunt pilot fly is the scene where we're just staring at his head as he does a ground speed of 20 miles per hour over a field. <laughs> oh, yeah, we yeah. zoom in on the... On the speedometer as he's taking off and it hits a whopping 20 miles per hour before he takes off. <laughs> and that, that counter only goes up to 30. That's how fast he had to go. And like he's told just before that, well, this stalls if it's below 100. It's a fucking terrible plane, then it? it gets up to 30. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then after oh, he's flying through the airport, we get to see all these sick tricks and... The camera pans over a car chase that's happening at the same time. Gangsters are chasing another gangster. There are so many fucking gangsters in this movie. I'm going to get to this later on because I could not tell who was fucking There's a lot of gangsters. Between the journalists, the feds, just normal pedestrians, people who owned the race course and the gangsters, I could not tell which was which. Yeah, I think the the costume department on this, their brief was... 1938. What what did people wear back then? It was all like 
you know, trilbies and and suits. Just put everyone in there. Yeah. Make them all indistinguishable. Grey suits for every single character. And they all did the same so, yeah. Bronx accent. Yeah. Whilst living in LA. Yeah. <laughs> They're all very New York for, for people in LA. Uncles from Casper. That's what they were. Genuinely, yeah. So that when we... We're, I mean, it's a bit further on, but um, when we actually meet them, these guys are so classic Italian gangster that I'm certain they're about to go home and eat a big pile of pancakes. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gabagool on In some their mansion. please. In their <laughs> and then, for some reason, Cliff being the amazing pilot he is, flies directly over the car chase where guns are being shot. And then the one gangster in the in the car that's chasing the other gangster in the car in front, a lot of gangsters, a lot of cars, decides instead to shoot up at the plane for no reason apparent to me, but it gets the plot going, doesn't it? And Cliff goes yeah. down. If you've got a gun and you're already shooting it and a plane goes like a metre above your head, yeah, you've got to shoot at the I plane. think you're, yeah, it's GTA you're kind rules. of compelled to pop a few, yeah, pop a few bullets up at it. And then... And yeah, he... Cliff seems surprised that he gets shot. Flies and why well, he crashes. He does a bit of a fly, then he crashes into a gas tanker at the end of the runway. He is he, he kind of lands, his wheel breaks, and so he's skidding along just on the body of the plane. Fair dues, that's still some sick pilot shit. That's some sully shit right there. But then someone's parked a fucking tank of petrol at the end of the runway. <laughs> and it's not the only time this happens in the movie. There is another crash later on where they again crash into a tank of gas. I'm going to have to correct you here, Evan. It's Please. the gangster in the car who crashes into the tank of gas in this scene. It is. I didn't want to say it, but oh, yeah. Is it? I thought the plane did. That explains how no, they No, because to... then you see it would be a different movie because our protagonist would be dead. <laughs> okay, I was switching in and out of this. I was pretty angry, so uh, maybe I missed that bit. Yeah. My bad. Okay, but th- there's more than one tank of gas on the airway at all. For two crashes into a gas tanker in this movie is already too much. Sure. Okay, my bad. Cut this. <laughs> Point made. Cut, 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 cut. <laughs> so yeah, the gangster crashes into the gas tank, as we all noticed. <laughs> After swapping out the jetpack that they'd stolen for a vacuum cleaner, which I think I think that was his plan, right? To then just destroy oh, yeah. the car. Yeah, it's all it's all very rushed at this point. I thought like we go car chase, plane crash, hiding the jetpack, discovering the jetpack. All just comes about almost scene for scene for scene. And yeah, there's only there's one scene that's interspersed in there, which is meeting Howard Hughes where he's quite angrily dismissing the idea of this jetpack and being like, right, that's it. I'm throwing it in the fire. I was just like, is, is that the only copy of those notes? <laughs> Surely if you're developing a jetpack <laughs> for the military, you've got more than one folder. But now nah, he just chucks it in the fire. Did either of you think it was strange that Howard Hughes was in this at all? Like, this is a movie based on a, on a comic book. Maybe he's in that. I don't know. I, I only learned about that. 10 minutes ago when we started this podcast. Like, yes, he's a little slice of Americana and is very important to American history. But why is he in this, what appears to be a superhero movie? This 1938. True. Just another indicator. But I indicator. suppose that this movie did not need to be set in 1938. You can have a guy well, with a, jet, a jetpack, which is all this movie is, by the way. There's very little heroics. It's just a dude flying about. At any time period, I didn't need... Nazis and a dude from American history in this movie. But he did have my favourite line, probably in the entire <laughs> film though, which was two of my best pilots were killed during the test phase. God knows how many more would have died if it had flown. <laughs> <laughs> so what what at that point he'd invented was the suicide bomber. Just a bomb. A small bomb, yeah. <laughs> just, a, just a bomb that he strapped to people. <laughs> If you're tester number two, if you're tester number two, you've just watched tester number one walk out, pop a backpack on, and then explode and die. Right now, it's just a backpack. Yeah. I love that. Oh, God. What you've created is a backpack full of alcohol and a lighter. I forgot that. 
It runs on alcohol. It runs on alcohol, which they make a point of saying that, and then well, it never comes up again. Uh, just because I made a note saying, it runs on alcohol and it can't stay on course. Is this a metaphor? Just to reference Sam last week. Is it a metaphor? No. <laughs> no. No. I don't think there was a single metaphor in this movie. It wasn't trying to tell us anything other than man has jetpack, man fly jetpack. <laughs> uh, I actually, I, I, I don't know. There's a, there's at one point, there's one point in the film where they quite boldly make the assertion that Hitler wasn't that good. Uh, oh. Hey, Shit. controversial opinion there. Uh, well, that's not just a that Yeah, bank. we get our protagonist going, not a fan of these Nazis. <laughs> it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. easy there, controversial. Well, this was, was filmed guy. in 1938. Oh, wait, 1991, when this film could have been set and would have made no difference to the movie. I mean, yeah, they're making a, um, I don't, I don't know if it's a remake or a sequel to this. I'm not sure the message that Nazis are bad is going to go down as well in America nowadays. They've <laughs> <laughs> missed their time. a lot of American listeners, Cole. Or maybe they all hate Nazis too. Yeah, give us a five-star review if you hate Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> if you think Hitler was bad, hit that five-star review button. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you don't press it, we know what you really think. Yeah. Hey, it worked for the Rocketeer. We'll be counting. <laughs> Um, also, is there any significant reason that Cliff's partner, who helps him with the pet plane, is called PV? Was that significant in any way? Because I was zoning in and out of this, so I don't know if I'm sorry. I think it was a metaphor. Oh, right. Sam? <laughs> well, good to know. <laughs> no, I, I, I do love a metaphor. I think he's called that, Evan, because the character in the comic book was called that. Oh shit! Yeah, I didn't yeah. even know uh, that. Crazy. There you go. Thank you. I will say, for 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 him, um, for PV, played by Alan Arkin. I don't know who that is. Uh, my well, the guy who plays PV. Oh, cool. oh yep. right. What is generally known as from this from this movie. He, I'm referencing what something that Evan said in the last episode. He did whatever the opposite is of open mouth acting <laughs> in this film. <laughs> I don't think he moved a facial muscle <laughs> the entire time. Every line was delivered totally stone-faced. Yeah, oh, he recorded this afterwards, and it was just played over <laughs> his in-scene acting, for sure. Someone was carrying around a cardboard cutout of his face the whole time, and then he dubbed the lines <laughs> over. All right, I know the shitting on the main character section was earlier, and we've kind of moved on from it. But one issue I had with this is that... I'm happy to go uh, back to it. I'm also happy to go back to it, is... What made him like special in some like why why was he the only one who could do this? Like it was the other guy who knew how to fix the jetpack. Like PV. I mean it like if yeah. you look at other comic book heroes, like you have like Captain America is a good guy and Thor is worthy and Iron Man's in that a genius. And he's just a guy who can can fly a plane over a field and get shot. He's a he's a great pilot. Yeah, we are told. We don't, yeah, we are told. We don't see we it, never but see we it. are told. We it. see him fly once and he gets shot down. Tell, don't show. Two <laughs> things here. The rule First of cinema. Of all, uh, PV is played by Aaron Arkin. Who's... Second, Cliff is going to be in the Nationals. Okay, at some point we're going to see that. He is going. So that's why he's gonna he be... <laughs> deserves the jetpack. Remember this, listeners. He's going to be in the, the Nationals. Nationals. But no, I I don't. He's he gets he's his role in this is because he's such a great pilot. But as far as being a person, he's a piece of shit. Oh no, like, yeah, he's... As as soon as we see him talking to his his girlfriend Jenny, Jenny yes. uh, he immediately lies to her and then gets pissy with her for having a job. Yes. So at that point, I was just wondering when he's going to dress up as an old Scottish woman. <laughs> this is just gonna... start making racist stereotypes. Are you just going to keep referencing our most popular episode? Now? Just keep refer- keep referencing Doubtfire, yeah. That's a great episode. That's the last Go one. I'm sorry. That, That's the last one. Um, I love that this is set in a time where being a pilot on your way to the Nationals was so much more prestigious than being an actor. What simpler time, boys? Oh, I wouldn't say that. That's gonna be. There's gonna be a lot fewer of them. About six years from this point, I imagine. 
<laughs> well, yeah, it takes a, a decline in popularity, less of an audience, isn't there? It takes a war, I think. It takes a war. There's going to be a lot fewer pilots six years from when this takes place. A quick question, boys. Uh, what's your favourite war? I, I think World War Two is my favourite war. I did like the Battle of Hastings. Oh, great. And that is a reference to small soldiers. <laughs> this is nothing but plugs. <laughs> <laughs> boys, I've got, got a quick question just before we get back into the plot. Uh, do Terminators have dicks? Oh, shit. Well, if you go back and listen to our episode, Do Terminators Have Dicks? Brackets, Head Cannon, you'll find out. Fucking hell. Anyway. I'll get us back on the plot. Okay, so now we meet Timothy Dalton's Neville Sinclair, who is who okay. has in fact hired these gangsters to steal the jetpack for as yet unknown reasons. Were we all happy to see Timothy Dalton in this? So yes. Goons. So happy. Thank God there was one reason to continue watching this movie. I was... Yeah. Like I hadn't been convinced of how much I hated this yet. Not to, not to tell everyone now that I hated this movie. <laughs> the boys, if you didn't know, I did. But thank God there was this brief shining of light upon me with him. He was he was great, and I want to say that the scene that he, when we see him, he's in his I guess mansion, and there's a very conspicuous vase of lilies in the middle of the scene, that he's walking around with his sword. Wandering around with his with his fencing sword, chatting to the gangsters like, "Oh, you you fucking better chop those lilies in half. You better chop those flowers. You better chop them." Then right at the end of the scene, he whirls around and gives him a swipe and chops them in half. Mm, best scene in the movie. Are you boys ready for another reference to one of our other works, which is actually written in my oh, notes? Oh, please. Did you notice that Timothy Dalton basically lives inside an Aztec pyramid? With those mosaics I on the walls. didn't notice that. Oh, it's all tiled, all crazy Aztec-like. It's very nice, but it was almost certainly furnished by Miranda from Mrs. Doubtfire, which was one of our <laughs> previous episodes because she clearly caters only to James Bond actors because Piers Brosnan was in that episode <laughs> and Timothy Dalton was James Bond! Listen to our other episodes! I feel like you aren't taking my movie choices seriously. Really, it's, it's, yeah, it's the last one. Yeah, that's it's a very good link. I'm glad you got that in there. Where are we? <laughs> so now uh, Cliff and Peavy, they're now testing the rocket out on a mannequin by just turning it on and letting it fly into space. Yeah, and I assume... That there's an alternate version of, version of this. The more realistic cut of this movie is they press that button, it flies off, and they go, "Well, shit, we should have planned that better, shouldn't we?" <laughs> and That's the movie gone now. Ends and the movie ends. Someone who actually deserves to have a podcast then gets a podcast. Someone who actually deserves to have a jetpack <laughs> gets a jetpack. <laughs> well, it's okay, Carl. You deserve to have a podcast. No, that's Freudian slip, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This isn't was. your fault. You remembered this as a good movie. Every now and then, we're going to have misremembered. It's happened before. We just haven't released yeah. those episodes. Look, Cliff Cliff quits and becomes a podcaster <laughs> after he loses the jetpack. And like us, he goes into the podcast regionals. <laughs> uh, nationals, mate. Nationals. Sorry, it's the nationals. Oh. I don't even know what that would be. <laughs> Synchronized whining. Who can say the best hello and welcome? <laughs> Gold. Well, the loudest. Oh, yeah, I think that's what we have. No offense, Seven. Yeah. It is, yeah. No, no non-taken. It is the loudest. But yeah, they um, they try it out, and then oh, they try it out on the statue, and it flies around, and it comes back to them, luckily. And they manage to switch it off. At this point, they still have no idea how to control the thing. You say at this point. Yeah. Um, I put forward right now, they never learn to control this thing. And I'm happy to come okay, back to I it I also later. put that forward. I'm happy yeah. to come back to it later, but he never becomes the Rocketeer. This movie is no. missing a montage where he's learning how to do that. This movie is missing a movie. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. regionals. Oh, nationals. <laughs> it's, it's like if Iron Man got out of that cave, crashed in the desert, and then instantly cut to the final fight scene. <laughs> Okay, speaking of speaking of Iron Man, and this is going to be a tenuous link, but bear with me. In the next scene, or in one of the next scenes, um, there is some kind of flying competition going on, 
and Cliff has to rescue his drunk clown moron friend Malcolm. who's jumped in a plane. Malcolm, who's jumped in a plane, I guess, without being able to fly it and is just careening down about to murder people. So Cliff dons the Rocketeer outfit that he's now got and flies up to save him. But all he succeeds in doing is crashing headfirst into the bottom of the plane, making everything worse and knocking the guy out. And falling off it twice. And it just reminded me, and falling off it twice, it just reminded me of that scene from the first Iron Man where he's on his first flight and the military jets are going past him and they're like, we're going to open fire. And he has to go, no, it's me. I'm helping. I'm a good guy. Don't fire. That never happens in this. As far as I'm concerned, he's the villain the whole time. He crashes into the plane, knocks him down, and then flies off. I was really sad about the whole Malcolm thing because I thought he was a somewhat interesting character. They sort of hint that maybe World War One's affected him somewhat. And that you sort of think that maybe he's having a PTSD moment up in that plane. And I thought we were going to get more of that, and then he just isn't in it anymore. I felt like there's a lot of that in this movie, just characters never get developed. Like he was almost more interesting than anyone else who got focus in this. See, on the opposite end of that, I can't believe you thought so much about Malcolm, who was a dude dressed as a clown, flying a plane, <laughs> even though he knew he couldn't fly a plane. Oh, he got <laughs> shot down by the Red Baron, mate. Yeah, because he can't fly a plane. Not because he was so good at flying that he got shot shot down he's probably the first one to get taken down sorry malcolm 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 not to rag on you but fuck you that could have been cut out of the movie and i would would have had to watch 10 minutes less of wait, wait 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 you the, the one scene where he flies the jetpack could have been cut out of the movie yes because he flies it poorly the one scene What's where he does anything teaching? remotely heroic yeah. <laughs> but yeah no what, what this was the scene or oh, that this whole section of the movie was where i kind of went i don't I mean, there was before this, but I kind of went, I don't like this. Because after he rescues Malcolm, we then just get a slapstick montage as he shoots through people's washing lines. And and I almost just felt like they were so nervous about making a serious superhero movie in the early 90s that that they were so worried that if they'd have stuck to the original concept, which I think is more of like a PG-13, 15 sort of thing, that no one would be interested, so they just went, let's make a real kids' movie section. Like, we did something that was jetpack-related now, let's make it funny. I mean, I can't really blame them for, in 1991, thinking, we want to do a superhero movie, and that's that's what this is, a superhero movie, and thinking, mm, we've got to, you know, dumb it down a bit for kids. Because, of course... That would be the audience, and it was the audience. Oh no! If, if it was done it nowadays, an they'd be saying, "They'd be okay." Well, if it had had an audience, an audience of one, which was you, and you're a child. <laughs> if if obviously it was done now nowadays, then the demographic for superhero films is us. So yeah, I'm sure it would be, you know, adulted up a bit. But yeah, okay. There's my th- yeah. thanks for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> How did we all feel about? the car push scene because that was the one that was stuck in my head from way back when to now was how, the only thing I really remembered of this movie was when they have to escape those gangsters and he just sticks himself on the back of the car sets on the jetpack and the car just goes that scene had I'm going to say little to no impact on really? me I do not I'm aware that it happened it. still made me happy I <laughs> watched this movie maybe five hours ago and I don't remember that we have skipped the important introduction of two characters here. One of Jennifer Connelly's Jenny. So is this the um, her on set? I know this is before now. They go for dinner at the diner first at uh, Bullies, the oh, the very the cool diner, diner uh, with a big bulldog Tell you what. created out the front yeah. for the entrance. Like, you know, that's horrendous, not- terrifying thing. Terrifying, but notable. I did enjoy the thing I enjoyed about this scene is that we were in it. The um, sad old men sitting at the bar whining about plot contrivances in movies. Where did the champagne come from? Felt personally attacked there. But yeah, it was also just yet another reason why Cliff is just a piece of shit, isn't he? Yeah, so he didn't tell her about the crash and some dude at the bar, some poor old man just spilled all the truth out and she'd find out and leaves. 
But I do have some trivia in this scene, if you'd like to hear it, boys. And I know you do, because this is no, a podcast no, we're good. you Let's have to. No, we're doing it. So she was 20 in this movie. I specifically checked because we did Labyrinth. Oh, did you? Did you specifically check how old she was in this movie? <laughs> Not for any other reason other than Cliff, Bill... Bruce Campbell's brother. Whatever, Cliff. Uh, ...is 31, and they were engaged during and after this movie. Uh, so she's 20, he's 31. But uh, she, uh, they broke up like five years later, and she is now with uh, Paul Bettany. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Does that have any further relevance no, to no, this no. movie? No, no, no. I just thought, you know, we've all seen Marvel movies. We know who Paul Bettany is. Uh, there's a little. He's thing. also a guy who flies. Yeah, he loves to fly. Shit. Mm. Cool. Let's do that movie. That's instead. her type. Yeah. If only. Another fact: she was she was twenty, and um, Timothy Dalton was not twenty. He was uh, about forty-five or something. Yeah, but yeah. he he was also yeah. Timothy Dalton, so it's fine. That's the rule. Uh, I guess. That that transcends age, doesn't it? Who are you picking, Sam? Bill Campbell or Timothy oh, Dalton? It's a tough choice. They're both beautiful specimens, but yeah. Okay, you got me. I do love a German. One can actually fly, okay? He was confident in flying at the end. He knew what to do. Yes, he exploded, but that's because of the fucking bubblegum bullshit. He knew how to fly. Bill fucking Campbell didn't know what the fuck he was Yeah, you're doing. right. And when he went to visit, sorry if I'm getting ahead of us again, when he went to visit Jenny on set to tell her, hey, I, I can fly. I've got a jetpack. I can fly now. Her response is, look, when I said I wanted you to tell me things, I meant important things. <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair, jetpack is quite important. Yeah. I'd want to hear that. But who does hear that, Evan? <laughs> Neville Sinclair. I'm moving the plot on. See, I... <laughs> I'm, be- I'm being a professional. Well, we get introduced to another character here who's quite important to the plot, and that is who we don't learn until later on is called Lothar, but that is his name. But I had him noted down as Monster Man for the first two thirds. Oh of yeah, the I had him down as Herman Monster. He is a very yes, terrifying looking subhuman, eight foot. What it must be a prosthetic face. Of course it is. You had any doubts? True face. So he's eight foot with a six foot face. (laughs) 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 Shit! What a great Tinder profile. (laughs) And uh, he's interrogating someone who is technically on his side. Uh, Ed, one of Eddie Valentine's, who we haven't mentioned yet. He's the mob boss that's working with. Sinclair to find the this Rocketeer character that we're all talking about. A lot of characters. For some fucking reason. And uh, after he gets the news from the guy who's on his side, he folds him up. <laughs> he folds him in half until he is dead. <laughs> Let's fold him. He folds a man until he's dead. Interesting way of killing someone, isn't it? Folded yes. to death. I mean, I can fold the fair way, but I can't fold the four way. So I see why he died. <laughs> Okay, what? I've got no idea what Evan just said. And that's it. Well, I can bend most of the way. I can maybe do a 45 degree angle with my head and my legs. But if I were to try and Hang achieve... On. isn't that just sat up? Full... No, that's 90. Oh, 45 no. is sat that's up but looking down. 45. Oh, right, my bad, yeah. Evan's very inflexible. I can't get down to zero. I can do 180 to 45, that's it. Past that, I'm snapping, like that dude did. In this movie we're watching. It would have been a really awkward murder if this guy had done some yoga and he's (laughs) folded him down and the guy kind of sprang back up. Now we found out why this movie had to be set in the 30s. He's doing it. (laughs) (laughs) I've been doing Pilates, of course I'm fine. When was yoga invented? 39. (laughs) In response to this murderer. (laughs) At this point, I was overwhelmed by how 1930s this movie was. Mm. Because I'd already decided it didn't need to be based at this time. But the the music, the diners people were going to, the, the fucking goddamn way everybody spoke was exhausting. I swear to God, if you rewatch this movie, you'll notice the sound of crickets being played over everything. <laughs> I don't know if that's a 1930s thing or they decided this film wouldn't resonate with anyone. So they just banged the crickets behind everyone speaking all the time. So we knew that it was all a joke. 
it's always what there. we've learned today is that Evan's got some crickets in his house because I didn't notice, notice that, that either. <laughs> it's like a good the note, love tracks in Friends, but only crickets. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so are we going back to the point I made earlier? He's at this movie set and he gets overheard oh, saying yes. that he has a jetpack. Yes. He's already got Jenny fired from the movie, so Neville now needs to rehire her. I don't know if he even says that she's rehired. He just kind of walks up and looks deeply into her eyes, and she's like, oh, yeah, all right then. Whatever you say. <laughs> she asks him out on a oh, sorry, he has, asks her out on a date. It's an instant, yeah. it's an instant yes, got a boyfriend, yeah. but she is. I wrote down here, she is Jennifer moved on I was very proud of <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer Gonnelly. Oh, no, I've got that later when she gets kidnapped. <laughs> oh, fuck, that's good. Oh, that's good. I forgot to try and come up with one. I tried, but I was trying to base it on all horny stuff. <laughs> what I noticed about this was I don't know if you have any notes specifically about all that acting shit. I know there's some good lines in there, but I just felt like. We've had a lot of movie at this point. We're a good 40, 50 minutes in. And the first time I felt like there were actually any stakes in this movie was when Sinclair was chasing through the crowd of the crew working on the movie, trying to catch Cliff. But every second, somebody else popped out in front Love of him. That. that felt like playing an original Assassin's Creed. We just bump into yeah. everyone. Yes. Oh my God. It was driving exactly me insane to watch. I was just like... There's no way you need to hit every yes. person on the way through this crowd. It's the scene in Heavy Rain where you, you miss every single one of the quick time events. Oh, far better reference. <laughs> <laughs> but still catch the person. Yeah, stumbling up. People are dropping boxes and marbles and you're just wobbling around on them, skitting along. Sean! <laughs> and I want to note that I actually felt tension there. Maybe it's because he didn't need to hit everybody, but we've had a car crash, a plane crash, and a murder at this point, and this is the first time I've really cared about something happening in a scene. So now we've caught up with where we were earlier. This is where Malcolm is in the plane, and all that jazz. I think it's after this point, he flies around and he hits all of the, the wheat field and the river and all of this shit, that Peavy tells him how to steer. He tells him how to control it by moving his head and supposedly the little fin that he's popped onto the helmet acts as a rudder and it redirects the air and that's what turns the jetpack I think that's explained a bit more later on sorry but bullshit <laughs> first of all he never learns how to steer he's always flying on pure luck I mean we've said this <laughs> flying he's flying forward and wildly spinning out all over the place and just getting lucky with where he lands bollocks with that work <laughs> There's also a scene just after this, and I think it's when Herman Munster slash Guy from Hot Fuzz slash whatever his name is. Lothar and Sinclair. Lothar is trying to kill someone. Uh, he's trying to fold them up, uh, but the gangsters show up outside. I think he grabs the gun, fires two shots out the door, and then all of the gangsters open fire immediately on the outside of the house, killing, attempting to kill everyone inside indiscriminately and i was just like these are the things Sam. i was just like the u.s police the FBI. Are the were watching this those are the things. it was the fbi that's how confusing this movie oh is you can't tell who's pulling up if it's just some fucking randomer from the street who's also in gangster attire it was that's the even better we're all also speaking it's crazy that's oh yeah yeah better. they open fired a million bullets into that house he fires two shots out the window with two little prostitute guns mm. and they Fucking like they cut that house in half. So much better because what I had down was that the American police must have been watching this and taking notes. Never mind, that was them. <laughs> that was already the police. It was a perfectly accurate representation of how they respond. No, no, no. To that because they went to the right house. <laughs> Did you like having That's American true. listeners, Evan? <laughs> <laughs> Well, every one of those feds had a Punisher wallpaper on their phone. <laughs> and he doesn't get hit once with a bullet, Monster Man. No one, no one does. They, no, well, everybody's fine. Uh, and now we wind down. We've had our excitement. Yeah. It's been nothing but excitement this movie until this point. And Jenny goes for dinner with Sinclair at that gangster restaurant and all fed restaurant, who knows at this point. 
whilst it's all the same. Cliff and PV go to meet Howard Hughes. Is that how this movie works? Uh, that's not until later, but I think this is all happening at the same time. This is where a very... Where, so they sit down for dinner, Sinclair and Jenny, and it's all very sexy, obviously. That's a young girl, no comment from heaven, and a very sexy Timothy Dalton sitting down for dinner. He immediately stands up to, to go somewhere else, but not before introducing his friend Bill, who is a extremely horny British man, yeah who says hello to Jenny. And the only reason he was kept in this movie is because of this amazing joke coming up now, because then he stares down at her boobs and says, and hello to you two too. And then he never appears again. That's the only reason why he was in this movie. So we all noticed Jenny's tits. Yeah. Isn't that good? He, he is the um, <clears throat> in-movie, in-universe embodiment of all of the reviewers of this movie. But, but we'll get to that. God, she's grown up, isn't she? Oh. It's good to see a young girl coming into her own. <laughs> Shut Horrible. <the> up. <laughs> but luckily, luckily, so she's... Okay, so in summary of what is happening in this sort of chunk of the movie, she's in the restaurant with Timothy Dalton and Cliff's... There's some mobsters in the cafe, got guns pointed on him, but luckily he punches one in the face and runs away. That works way too often in this movie, but putting that aside... He's got to go and save her because the gangsters are on the way. So he turns up, disguises himself as a waiter. <laughs> doesn't doesn't take the leather jacket off, just puts the the waiter's <laughs> the waiter jacket over. over the top, stretches it over. Yeah. Pours a load of cayenne pepper on Timothy Dalton's jambalaya. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we said we were done with this. <laughs> I didn't get to do one yet. <laughs> oh. And then he somehow finds some soup and brings it over to their table. Where did he get that? There's a lot of where did he get that in this scene. I mean, I don't yeah, want to rush is. ahead and in this scene, it. but where did he get the chloroform, Sam? I Look, a classy gent always has a bit stashed away. <laughs> always got it on hand. A man preparing for all circumstances. Don't <laughs> do <laughs> There is a scene before this between Eddie and Sinclair where they we learn they've been working to get... Oh, maybe we didn't learn it then, but they're in four cahoots now. And they argue because uh, Eddie Valentine isn't getting the job done. Also, Eddie Valentine is the most gangster name ever. It's really good, yeah. Just in case you forget that he's a gangster in this movie because he's a full-on mob guy. And uh, Eddie threatens to tell the feds everything if Sinclair's plan goes wrong or if he gets caught. She's saying, I'm going to take you down with me. And he, he said, and uh, then Tim, then Timothy Dalton says, who do you think they'll believe? Some two-bit criminal or the th- number three box office star in America. And Eddie comes back with number three jerk. He does, yeah. In his insult back, he's not even the number one jerk. <laughs> <laughs> no one's beating Cliff for that. He knows that. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. true. And number two is that announcer, the capitalist pig, who keeps saying, it's all part of the show, ladies and gents, it's all part of the show. <laughs> well, he got folded in half. He, did, he, he was folded, but he... He's also reached zero he degrees. Was num- he was number two. Oh, I love that guy. Pre-fold. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Cliff's here to save the day, so he, he manages to, uh, to get Jenny on her own and explains to her that the gangsters are on the way, she's got to go, She's she's got to get away, get in a taxi, just go, get away from here. So she walks back inside. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, she gets a taxi first. Yeah. Uh, she is safe. And then she just, yeah, just wanders back Home in. Home free. And she's just like, oh, actually, no, I will head back in. That soup looks fucking good. How will the plot happen if I leave? Yeah. Who's going to sniff that dry tissue if not me? <laughs> oh yeah, so she gets chloroform, she chloroformed. Uh, then the rocketeer, uh, Cliff, luckily stashed his rocketeer costume in a random laundry bag, and he sets fires of the entire restaurant, drowns the band in the pool at the front of the restaurant. Yeah. So he's done a lot of healing. <laughs> I was thinking at this point, uh, he he's not much. Do people still think of him as a hero? I mean, Jenny hasn't well, even heard of him as he sets fire to the. <laughs> I'm the Rocketeer. 
You what? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm the number three hero in the region. <laughs> in the nation. Right? He's going to the nationals. This is my favourite scene in the movie now. Jenny wakes up in Sinclair's apartment. Uh, so she, she she wanders around a bit, finds a load of secret rooms, but then she sees Sinclair coming, so she lies back down. Sinclair approaches the bed, reveals some smelling salts, puts it under her nose and wakes her up. And he says, Welcome to my home. How... <laughs> Also, all my dates start slash end. <laughs> I do think it was weird that at this point, like, he's surely revealed at this point that he's captured her and he's ransoming her to get to Cliff. But he's like, oh, I'll try my luck. I'll still try and still try and bang. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he gets out two dresses for her after he's drugged her yeah. and kidnapped her. <laughs> He says, he says that gown looks so uncomfortable. <laughs> He's talking about pushing You've gotten away with so much already, but he's going for the fucking home run. Look, when you the golden trifecta. when you're Timothy Dalton, you can get away with this level of shit. But he says that gown looks so uncomfortable, so he goes to the wardrobe and pulls out two way less comfortable looking dresses. <laughs> you like your clothes to be see-through <laughs> yeah. you look a bit covered maybe up. this negligee would help it's purely theoretical uh, and then piece we of find out <laughs> and then we find out that he's he's not just those things he's not just a guy trying to get laid he's also a spy a saboteur a fascist he's all of the above he's been fully evil all yeah. along i wrote down the start of this scene i really can't figure out Dalton's motive, and at the end, ah, oh, right, okay, he's a Nazi. That kind of covers everything. <laughs> All I wrote down when he said the word fascist yeah. was hag. <laughs> hag. That's so good. What a good movie that is. We can agree he could have been a Nazi sympathizer and a fascist without them suddenly going, oh, and he's also German. Should we ask Timothy if he can do a German accent? Nah, I'd be fine. He's an actor. We've got a little peddling to go until then, but that is awful. Uh, this is also, maybe it's just when I noticed it, but I'm positive this is when we finally find out that the subterranean mollusk man's name is Lothor. Yeah. The eight foot tall, six long face. This is fine. And we are an hour and 20 minutes into this movie, and this is when we get his name, I'm pretty sure. I don't know why we need as a name. It's not like he does anything else, really. <laughs> Wait. Well, I want to know what the guy who can fold people in half is called. Uh, he's, yeah. And so does Guinness World Records. <laughs> Zero degrees. <laughs> oh, I love a bunch of pre-fold and post-fold oh. pictures. <laughs> oh, we also, we uh, meet Howard Hughes again, as does PV and Cliff. And it cuts, it opens with PV chatting to Howard Hughes saying, I bypass the pressure valve and that solved your throttle problem. Probably don't bypass a pressure valve. That sounds important. <laughs> and then he's, and then he says, oh, and I added a rudder for steering. We already know that Cliff can't steer. <laughs> he's going on pure. I'm starting to think at this point that Peavy's a fucking idiot as well. He doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> I mean, he fixed, he fixed a gas leak with a piece of chewing gum. He's not the brightest, you know tool in the in the drawer. Yeah, he's, not the he's not the sharpest bulb. <laughs> the sharpest bulb. I mean, there are no smart people in this movie. I mean, Howard Hughes is represented as a man who went, I'm going to make a jetpack. What should we have the power levels be? I don't know, on and off? <laughs> <laughs> how do, and how do, we, how do we turn it off? You kind of just mash the button a little bit and then let go. That's how they described breaking and how do we steer no, no steering needed <laughs> if i'm ascending and i want to no longer be ascending what do i do I'll just, just turn it off it's your, your, your option on fall. and off yeah just fall <laughs> and then immediately after this point he blew someone up and then threw all of the plans into the fire and went this is impossible <laughs> <laughs> well this is all compounded because in this scene with howard hughes now Cliff escapes by jumping on a plane that's attached to a ceiling and then gliding. He out. also punches and someone in the face. Howard Hughes says, "That's his go-to." Oh, yes, of course, that's how you escape any room. That plane then glides away, and Howard Hughes says, "The son of a bitch! It will fly." 
What do you mean? <laughs> you didn't test the plane that you're testing by the metric of whether or not it can fly. What other standard is there for a if a plane can fly? What I love about this is, <laughs> as far as I'm aware, that model's based on a wooden plane for called the Spruce Goose, which famously did not fly. Spruce Goose. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that reference is in here. Excellent. All I know, what I know about this is he got a lot of money from the government to build a plane for World War Two, and by the end of World War Two, he'd built a wooden plane that didn't fly. And then, is this real this life? Is, oh, this is not fantasy. About. This is real life. Maybe he's a fucking idiot as well. <laughs> and then he managed to get away with getting all this money because it, I think it flew for twenty seconds. They went, and they and so they went. Oh yeah, it does fly. Okay, yeah, twenty-two million dollars well spent when the war's over. But son of a bitch, it will fly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the reason that Cliff punches the FBI guy in the face and runs away, hops on a plane, um, is because Jenny has been captured. Well, we already know she's been captured. I think I've got Jennifer something Connelly. written. Ah, oh, you motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> I came up with that myself just now. <laughs> He runs off to, to save her because he gets a little ransom note or something that she's been captured and he's got to hand over the jetpack to get her back. So he does, and the others just kind of let him do it. They're like, yeah, that sounds fair. I mean, he's got no plan and no way of, you know, getting her back, but <laughs> yeah, that's fine. He's got on and off. That's all you need, isn't it? A rescue mission. Let's hope one of those two options can save him. So he flies in and... Switches off, so he's used both his options already. <laughs> and then Sinclair, instead of shooting him and taking the jetpack, just points the gun at Jenny the entire time, even though Cliff is surrounded and no one can do anything. He doesn't need either of them at this point. Yeah. But this is my favourite scene. In the There's movie, so much to talk about. Unfortunately, had yeah. to wait until the end, where four different factions of people turn up oh. to surprise the other faction that's already turned up. So Cliff turns up to surprise everyone that's already there. Yeah. And then the Nazis turn up to surprise him and the mobsters. And then the FBI turn up. No, and then the mobsters realise that the Nazis are Nazis yeah. and they turn on them, adding the third layer. And then the FBI turn up. We've got a multi-layered situation here. Well, d- please, please can <laughs> someone explain to me why you hire a bunch of gangsters if you've got an army of Nazis ready to go at a moment's notice. Why do you need the gangsters? Can anyone tell me how everyone was cool with the Nazi goodwill tour bringing a hundred armed soldiers? <laughs> I assume they must have been on the, the Zeppelin, right? The whole time. Well, I guess so. Yeah, I assumed they came down the ladder at some point and then they rolled the ladder back up and rolled that down. Everyone was surprised by that. Everyone was surprised by that Zeppelin. Cliff literally just flew in. How did he miss it? <laughs> He just forgets. It's quite he just forget about if he that. turned his head to look at it, he would have shot the other direction. So he just had to look. St- oh, that is true. <laughs> just has to look straight ahead, suit, isn't it? <laughs> the man has oh, no peripheral <laughs> vision at all. <laughs> <laughs> and so this, so a full-on battle scene commences. Yeah. The mobsters turn on the Nazis because nobody likes Nazis. They join the FBI. There's a firefight, and Sinclair, Lothar, and Jenny doesn't join them, but she's taking up onto the blimp, and they all escape up onto the deck of that. Mm-hmm. This movie is totally fine with the 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 final fight scene of what we've been building up to being based in a hydrogen environment with a man whose only weapon is fire. <laughs> How did this not go wrong sooner? Now we get our moment though, well, yeah. where we have our jetpacked man. We're finally going to get to see everything he's learned. He's going to fly this jetpack and it's going to be amazing. It's about, what, five to ten seconds long and he crashes into the Zeppelin. Yeah, he just crashes again this is... into another thing. I'm the rocketeer. Well, famously, famously, Howard Hughes can only make things that fly for 20 to 10 seconds long. That's true. So he, he nailed that, pretty much. What I did love about... Um, so when it's become clear that Timothy Dalton's character is a Nazi and he's up in, he's up in the Zeppelin's deck and he's talking to the other Germans. At first I was like, well, what, what's going on here? Why are these Nazis speaking German? Everyone knows that they speak English with a German accent. And then they actually started doing it, including Timothy Dalton, who switches between 
yeah, his normal voice and this weird sort of half German English speaking. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, there's a clear line drawn. So when he's speaking to any character he's already met, he'll speak with a normal British yeah. accent. And then anytime he's speaking to a German who also speaks English, he adds the German yeah. twang. So we know. They're both he throws German. out the occasional German word, but I guess he wasn't fluent enough to to do the whole scene in German. So at some points he does just speak English with a German accent. <laughs> it's a, that's a masterpiece. It's fucking Fantastic. something. I mean, the, the <laughs> fact that he has the goal to go out of that window and go, it's called acting. <laughs> I love Timothy Dalton, but he's not allowed to say that in that moment. No, he's not. There is a great line where Cliff punches Sinclair uh, and says, where's your stuntman now? And Sinclair gets back up and punches him and says, I do my own. Punches stuff. him across a room. I love that. Fantastic. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. And then, but this is where the bubble gun or the chewing gum becomes important. He's put it on the air ventilator on the jetpack. Sinclair attempts to escape with the jetpack. It explodes. Only after a few seconds. Not as you would expect. The instant he presses the button, killing everyone on board and blowing the Zeppelin up. No, he gets a good distance Yeah, but away. it flew about a quarter of the time that it always flies anyway, yeah. and then explodes. When he flew away, he also didn't take the helmet, so he couldn't steer anyway. It's true. <laughs> but he did have the honour off, which is what I'd say is the most important part. That's as much as Cliff ever managed. <laughs> and now, celebrated as a hero... We get a lovely, too long post-movie oh, hold scene on. Wait, where Howard does, Hughes... Does, I mean, he's still on He's still on the Zeppelin at this point. They they escape up to the, the top of the Zeppelin and start, there's a great scene where they're running along with different sections of the Zeppelin one by one exploding in balls of flame, engulfing step-by-step step bits of the Zeppelin heading down to them. Blows up... Herman, I still can't remember, Luth, Lothar, blows him up. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're saved by a plane that flies in, or it actually was a helicopter that flies in, drops a ladder, which is perfectly stationary in the next shot. And they casually walk up, <laughs> hop on, and it flies away. It's fucking magnificent. Yeah. I couldn't let that go by. Love that. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, that is a great scene. And then they fly off. He's a hero. And Howard Hughes gives him a plane. At the yeah. end. And he can fly in the Nationals, which is all we've cared about this entire time. Okay. But we don't get to see that. They make up. This movie ends. Thank God. Thank God it's over. We're done. Yes. Now, let's see what other people felt about this movie, Sam. Yeah. Hit us with those bad I mean, We've already kind of started making our opinions clear. I don't think our opinion is reflective of the general population. I think this reviewed fairly well, considering considering what we think of it. I got a few samples, as usual, some reviews to share. So let's start with Adam Belonger, who gives it five stars. He says, This movie is great, capital G. This movie is great, because it makes World War II almost started early. But it didn't. Thank to Cliff, thanks to Cliff Secord, a.k.a. The Rocketeer. A part of me wishes Cliff Secord, a.k.a. The Rocketeer, <laughs> and Steve Rogers, a.k.a. Captain America, fight side by side in World War II. That'll be great to see also. Do you all think that'll be great? A little open question no, I don't at the end of his review. Do I? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love how he clarified multiple times. Cliff Secord, Secord, whatever, a.k.a. The Rocketeer. And that he ended it with a little open question to us all. I got another one here from, well, similar opinion to us, because Rel S gave it one star. It says, I remember this movie, six years old. Loved every minute of this film. That was back in 1991. It's 2009, going on 2010. Film is 20 years old. I can't remember any parts of this movie. And just noticed that Rocketeer <laughs> is like Iron Man's stepbrother. I don't remember what was so exciting about this movie at all. All I remember is that when I got home, I kept wanting to be the Rocketeer. Now I look back, and I'd rather be a Ninja Turtle than some replica Down Syndrome swagger Jackarine man wannabe. Holy what shit, that's fuck? a good turn. <laughs> Sorry, that was too harsh. 
<laughs> but it's a reality. I can't remember what was so good. It's just a man flying around in a damn suit. Let me look at a trailer on YouTube to refresh my memory. <laughs> Ended the review with, hold on, let me watch <laughs> let me watch a trailer. They didn't have to press post. <laughs> they could have waited. Didn't have to call in a Down Syndrome Iron Man. That was a bit much. Yeah, I love the lack of self-editing. That, that's great stuff. Oh, right. <laughs> and now, last one. I've queued this up, so let's get this out of the way. So James B gave this two and a half stars. Said, all right, really? Didn't hold my attention too well, other than when Jennifer Connelly was on screen. It was decent Saturday afternoon fare. The style of the film, r- film really suits Jennifer Connelly, though. Yup, she'll definitely prove the most memorable part of the film, I think. Right. PSA now for the endless hordes of horny nerds on fucking every review site who cannot stop salivating over Jennifer Connolly. Watch Labyrinth. Keep your opinions to yourself, please. Don't watch Labyrinth. <laughs> Don't review Labyrinth. Just It's too much for you. Oh my god, there was so much. Going through the reviews for this. Yeah, I didn't envy you for this. It yeah, seems like so any film with Jennifer Connolly in it all those. is just Yeah. Oh, it's filth. Just Brings a bunch of Timothy man. Daltons. It's all a bunch of him. Hymns. So, yeah, there's the public service announcement. Stop it. Get some help. Thank you for that, Sam. And I do apologise. You had to pour through all of those. TED Talk number two. As soon as you over. mentioned it, in our ch- <laughs> as soon as you mentioned the chat, I, I really did empathise with how much you must have poured through yeah. I imagine it was mostly that. Uh, it's quite a lot, so, of it, yeah. The fact you've even picked those out, yeah. And uh, well, now we've reached the point, Carl, I don't think there's much point in asking, but we should. So, you think that was good, do you? So sorry, boys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really, like, I've had this on my list for a while, and I thought, this is, this is the one. I remember this film being amazing. And now I just think all they did was take a very blank canvas actor and me at seven, eight years old went, I could fly a jetpack too. What a great film. Yeah. No, no, not a good film. I'm very sorry. I mean, I think, how many times (laughs) did it say I have to apologize for making you watch this, Evan? (laughs) It's 37 to 100. Okay. Can I like just interleave them through episodes? Yeah, you can yes, throw them in yes. occasionally. At the end of every episode, until we reach 100, <laughs> you have to apologise. Oh Are we going to reach 100? <laughs> well, there are 100 movies in our childhood. Well, now we've got a reason to. Sam, what did you think of this? Yeah, so, I mean, you know, the upside of this, the silver lining, is that I feel like uh, the podcast title, so you think that was good to you, really works here. It's finally appropriate because, God, how did you think this was good? No, I, I suppose redeeming qualities for most of this movie. I I liked how they're doing a kind of early superhero plot while keeping the stakes kind of low and personal, keeping it close to home, being like, you know, this is a, a personal story, but with superhero stuff. And then it was jet-powered Nazis and world-ending stakes. And it's like, oh, never mind. I suppose we are looking back at it with the context of the entire Marvel saga universe. So it's going to seem dated, but even even taking that into account, no, I'm not. I'm and the not Superman movie still holds up somewhat nowadays. A 1970s yeah. Superman movie. I think. I think. Yeah, exactly. What this movie suffers from is it's a dude with a jetpack, and for some reason they show all these scenes with a static camera just as he fucks off somewhere rather than having the camera on yeah. him and you get to like feel speed in some way, even on the fucking plane, it's just pointing at his face. Hey, you want to see a guy leave the frame? <laughs> really fast. I also want to say, this is, I guess like this is a miniature head cannon, but I'm convinced that Jenny is fully aware that Cliff is an absolute fucking tool and is sick of him. But now after all of this, it's, she's just too awkward to dump him. <laughs> <laughs> that in my mind is how this ends anyway evan oh. over to you mate well, i don't want to shit on a kid's movie that, that is this do. podcast 
That's all I've been doing all day. I've been messaging you boys since I started this fucking movie. What feels like a long time ago. It was just so boring, so uncompelling. I didn't relate to anything going on. The villains were meh. The plot was meh. The protagonist could have just fucked off. I preferred fake Scottish British man last week. I just, I wasn't a fan of this. I had no nostalgia for it at all. Maybe I'm too old to be watching this now. No. But I know I'm not the only person that feels this way. Uh, that I'm, that we might be the only people that feel this way because friend of the podcast, Shagan Shana, uh, check out what Shagan with Shana, the podcast. Uh, he messaged me earlier on today saying that he'd seen this movie uh, quite recently and said he really enjoyed it. Oh. So maybe so we're just jaded. Ex-friend of the podcast. Former friend of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, um, I don't know. I think just watching so many of these in a row, you get a certain alignment for for what you're going to enjoy. And this was just way out of that. I think all it is is 2022 is the year of the disappointing superhero movie. So it's nice to carry on a trend. (laughs) Well, I haven't seen Love and Thunder yet, so no spoilers. That's the best one that I've seen so far, but it was still... It's just, it was just a movie I saw, you know. If you're just happy to see a movie, hey, it's the one. I'm happy to see a movie. I mean, I'll watch this. But, boys, that is all I can bear to take. Thank you for listening, even though you didn't have to. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on the listening platform of your choosing or over on Good Pods. Hey, also follow us at So You Think Pod on Twitter. That's the end. I've got nothing else to say to you. Goodbye. And also with you. Sorry. (laughs) Thank you, boys.